And so what their technology is able to do is tuck THC, minor cannabinoids, and terpenes kind of into those nooks and crannies um, so that when you do eat the edible, instead of it going to a fat storage site in your liver, which is going to take upwards of two hours and go through all these processes, it, your body knows what to do with protein. This is Lit and Lucid, your after-work de-stress smoke sesh podcast. I'm your host, Lit. And I'm your host, Lucid, and we're going to take you on a journey. A journey to discover the truth and find the balance. Every week, we get deep on those thought-provoking topics that ooze out of the cannabis universe. But we also keep it real by illuminating important issues and people in today's culture. So kick back. Consume your favorite cannabis products and get cozy, cozy in the, the Lit and Lucid, Lucid lifestyle. Welcome everybody to the Lit and Lucid podcast. It is Thursday and you know we are recording another episode of the show. Joining us today from Denver is Steve Marigi. He is Olio's original extraction expert. Olio is an industry leader in cannabis extraction innovation, crafting products of the highest quality since 2016. They specialize in both butane and solventless extraction to create beautiful, clean, and potent concentrates that consumers have known to love. Continuing their growth and evolution, Oleo recently launched their first edible line, utilizing their award-winning live rosin and day three labs pharma-grade technology. So that's super exciting, you know, to hear from one of the leaders in concentrates here in Colorado. You guys have launched an edible, so that's really cool. Um, and, you know, we get to chat with one of the, you know, gurus of extraction himself, Steve. So with that, welcome. Thank you very much. It's very kind of you. Absolutely. You know, and we're stoked to be back talking to our friends here in Colorado and our neighbors. And, you know, Olio has been an original in the concentrate game in, in Colorado. So it's fun to, to kind of circle back and kind of go back to our roots a bit with Olio and talk about, you know, you guys from the past and how you got started and also some of these new things you guys are doing and kind of like really helping to kind of shift and steer the market. But before we get too much into how cool Olio is and some of these new products. Let's le learn a little bit more about you, Steve. Tell us, you know, how did you get started in the cannabis industry and end up here? Yeah, I was, uh, I was lucky enough to go to University of Colorado at Boulder. Um, and while I was there, it was right during the time that kind of medical cannabis started taking off um, in the late 2000s, 2010, uh, 2012 kind of time and when recreational started. So I was lucky enough to be able to get in, start as a trimmer, uh, then move over to bud tending, um, worked a little bit in a garden, and then was lucky enough to kind of get into extracts. Um, I, was a, I was able to start with 710 Labs up in Boulder um, when they had their Boulder facility, helped get that going, um, helped transition that to a Denver facility in 2015, as well as help them kind of get California going. And while that happened, we kind of split off here in the Denver branch and we became Olio. And that was 2016. So I was pretty much the first hire um, from the original company. And it's been really fun to kind of see everything grow from when it was two to three people in that lab to now having, you know, 50 to 60 people across three, four or three facilities. Um, and then, you know, now obviously with this new product line, bringing a whole new product to the, to the public, um, which we're really looking forward to and kind of seeing where that takes us. But it, it's definitely been a fun, long, you know, 10 to 12 year journey now, kind of going along and riding it out. Yeah. Can you imagine just like, all the stuff that's changed in that amount of time and all the new stuff you've had to learn that has to be like mind blowing. Yeah, no, when I first got into extractions, it was all open blasting. Um, what was legal here in Colorado at the time, since there was very little oversight, was just people using butane cans and glass cylinders um, <laughs> outside of what was uh, kitchens, basically. Yeah. Um, and then with, in, in Boulder, we were able to get the first closed loop system, I believe, in the state kind of approved, uh, which was really nice. And then as we moved to Denver, 
be able to get uh, two great BHO extraction equipment, uh, some great extraction uh, equipment in there. And then we quickly started seeing the trend towards solventless. Um, I had a few trips. I was lucky enough to go out to Seattle for a few glass blowing um, events and things like that and kind of saw the tides turning and seeing a huge movement for solventless and a huge demand for it. Um, so then we kind of started to really focus on that here in Denver and make that our kind of flagship product. Interesting. I know it's always crazy to me when we talk to extractors, like it's super technical. It's totally beyond my mind. Like I'm like, I have no idea what you guys are still doing. And we talked to a couple of people. So how is your journey? Like, did you have like a background in, I don't even know, like science or chemistry or something like that? Or how did you get, you know, inherently involved in being, you know, the original extraction expert at Oleo? Definitely. No, when I was at CU, I did environmental studies and physical geography. So it had some science background, but I didn't take higher than like Chem 1 or Chem 2 or anything like that. Um, I definitely had some courses that were higher up in math and things like that, but nothing that directly um, translated. It's more so you'd be surprised. Like if you came by the lab and you, you actually take a look at everything in the process, it's a lot of, uh, you know, concept, high end concepts going on. But when you break it down, it's, it's pretty simple. And then you can kind of see it working in process. We've had a lot of people come through. Um, whether they be glass artists or friends and stuff like that and um, musicians and whatnot, when they come through the lab, they're really surprised to see how hands-on it is and how craft it is. Um, so it's been really fun to focus on that and make sure that we're not mass producing anything. We want to make sure that we've got the right product lines and we're putting out a high quality product across all of them. Um, but uh, we've had a marketing team that's helped us put together um, infographics to kind of break down the different processes and we make sure that, we know that as we work in a lab, we're aware that our day-to-day conversations and how we talk, it sounds like another language to other people. So it's been very helpful to kind of break it down and put it in latent terms and things that people will understand because not everybody spends, you know, five days a week in a half lab like a lot of us, or that, you know, some of us do, not a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. And I think even just like the, the product shifting and changing over time too, it's really incredible how much you know, new like ingenuity and creativeness kind of comes into this market through the concentrate side of the industry, I feel like. And then I like that you're already kind of plugging in this like glass blower side of it because I feel like the concentrate, you know, culture kind of like interfaces perfectly with the glass side. And I've always thought that we had a glass, uh, a glass company that worked, used to be a glass blower on last season, I believe. And we had to ask him like, does like the concentrate market keep you on your toes of having to constantly like create new pieces of glassware to keep up with maybe what's next and the next trends and stuff? And and he was geeking out on that. He's like, I love it. You know, I love when people need new ways of smoke or new new like gear and stuff to, you know, create a new experience. And so I'm already loving like what I'm hearing from you, Steve, and that you guys are basically working right alongside with the whole culture and kind of help move this stuff forward. That's really cool. Yeah, no, it's actually really cool. Um, at one point before I got into extracts or as I was getting into extracts, the reason it was is because I was blowing glass. Um, I started blowing glass with Tricky Glass up here in Cold Creek Canyon um, in Colorado outside of Boulder and did that for five, maybe six years. And that was pretty much because I wanted to make concentrate-based pieces. Um, and seeing the transition, you know, with rosin coming out in early 2015 um, and just the different techniques and uh technology in a way designs that came out in the glass scene whether it be out of seattle or upstate new york there's been a couple of glass blowers and groups of people that have really kind of pushed the envelope on how you can smoke a lot of hash in a much flavor more flavorful way you know it's not red hot dabs on a titanium nail or a titanium swing like um some of us first started on so it's, it's nice to be able to have a very high flavorful hit because i think that's what scared a lot of people away from concentrates is that it was just this you know shot of uh, Everclear in a way where it was just <laughs> super strong, super potent, and it got you wrecked, but you didn't always necessarily enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now that people have, you know, Puffco and all these other different t- technologies, as well as, you know, these great glass blowers coming out with different 
uh, products that it makes it a lot easier for people to enjoy concentrates on a much more flavorful way that's a lot more approachable. And then you can kind of see the nuanced flavors come out and then mm-hmm. people that have different backgrounds and, you know, food and wine and stuff like that, they get really excited when they can start seeing those things. And uh, it's just been fun to have some conversations with people about that and how it's, it translates to the way, yeah. in a way. That's so cool. Yeah, I was just going to say, we're not really dabbers. Um, but once we got a Puffco, honestly, we started consuming concentrates way more like it was just way more approachable and easy to use versus, you know, using like the butane and all of that. Um, so for you, what is your favorite way to consume concentrates? Um, honestly, I'm somebody that I smoke all day. Um, people around me and uh, management and stuff like that kind of laugh. I mean, look consume the amount that I do. And still. Um, manage myself, but uh, I'm usually a traditional torch and uh, rig type guy with a quartz banger on there. But at the same time, I just I got one of the Puffco proxies, and I love that thing. It's just so convenient going on a hike or going up in the mountains or anything like that. Like it's just there, and it's so inconspicuous, and it, it rips, and it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, I've really been enjoying that, and then um, I also have a Peak Pro, so I definitely enjoy that. And occasionally, I do I'll roll a joint on on occasion. Um, but I'm definitely more of a concentrate <laughs> smoker. Uh, I will say. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. I mean, it really pairs with what you're doing really yeah. well. I mean, that's really <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I'm sure you're like, you're always thinking of like some new stuff to try or to make and stuff. So I love that connection. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about Oleo and kind of, I know we're going to get to kind of what's next and, and these, uh, these new wonderful edibles you guys are creating, but walk us through, you know, Oleo today and a lot of, you know, your guys' products and what all you're offering consumers. Definitely. In 2016, when we kind of came to market as Folio, we released Sauce, which is like a high terpene um, hydrocarbon extract. Uh, that was really popular. We were really excited about that. You kind of got diamonds and this liquid consistency um, for terpene that was really uh, flavorful. Um, and as we started seeing the transition going over to solventless, um, we had um, some internal workers that just transitioned out of packaging. And they, you know, we've had a lot of people that have worked a lot of jobs at Olio and now are higher up doing um, managerial stuff. So it's really cool. Um, but one of them has been able to transition to be our lead in solventless. And now he's taken over the whole solventless department. Um, he runs that with people underneath him and, um, you know, some co-managers and whatnot, but it's, it's really been cool to see, uh, just kind of giving people a challenge in a way, you know, when we found out, when we saw different consistencies that we wanted to try and some of it comes from the black market, some of it comes from other states, you're just kind of paying attention to what the overall temperature of the market is. Um, we were able to do some research and just luckily with the size of production that we have and the fact that we love to R&D and that's something that ownership has always wanted us to do and make sure that when we come out with something, it's something we can stand behind, um, whether it be when we came out with Rosin Jam or when we came out with our Rosin Carts. Those are both things that we really wanted. took a while to R&D, especially the Rosin Carts. Um, we want to make sure we have the right hardware um, to get those on the move because I feel like if people want to solve on this option um, on the go, this is probably one of the greater options. Um, and it's uncut, unfiltered. It doesn't have any contaminants in it. It's just straight rosin that you get a gram of turned into a cartridge. So hmm. it's been it's been fun working with that and just making sure that we're always looking for new stuff, um, new strains, getting new genetics, new terpene profiles, things that we kind of are, you know, really made our name with uh, on the BHO side of things when we first opened up with Lemon G and Skywalker 600 and Tangerine Haze and stuff like that, unfortunately don't translate to the solventless market, but we know that those are flavor profiles that people really like and really enjoy. Um, so we we're just able to kind of look onto the market and find strains and look for them and phenol hunt and find stuff that ends up working for those flavor profiles and really diversify our product line. Cause luckily as us as a concentrate company, we're allowed to mix things. Um, you know, if you're, growing flour and selling this flour, you can't mix two different flowers together and call it a new batch. It doesn't work like that. Whereas with the right extracts, when you extract them together, you get a truly unique um, ter- unique terpene profile and a unique uh, cannabinoid profile in those extracts. And it's been really fun to kind of like play 
like a cook is a bit and put like a bash of this and a splash of this and a whole mm-hmm. bunch of this. And, you know, this flavor profile is really strong. So you only put a little bit of it in there huh. um, to get some unique flavor profiles. And then we get to have a lot of fun with creating the names and getting quirky and fun with that, which I know a lot of people have a lot of fun <laughs> with and enjoy. So it's, it's definitely been fun to kind of be able to do those mixes and just R and D and do fun stuff to see, is that a flavor profile we want to look for? that cross we should look into um is that something that we like or is that resonates with the people or is that something we should not do again yeah i think it's kind of funny in the cannabis industry r&d almost takes on like a whole new level of like <laughs> not just i mean it's fun don't get me wrong like that has to be so fun to r&d <clears throat> but it's almost like you guys are you almost have to because like you're saying you know you're pulling stuff from other states or like the black market or just stuff you like see out there and there's not like a book there's not like a, an online repository you can go to and say you know what goes well with this or what works in solventless and what works in you know bho extraction like you guys have to figure it out and so it's almost like r d is required just to like help kind of figure this stuff out and see what works um on that though i was going to bring that up because i think we covered it in another previous episode too just how some strains just don't work um, can you tell us like why maybe like somebody like you mentioned, I think like a tangerine haze or something, but, uh, and I'm not sure which, which way it goes, but tell us, you know, why maybe like a strain might not work for solventless, but it might work for like a wax or a shatter or something else. Definitely. I mean, traditionally, if you look at how people have talked about cannabis in the past, you know, thousands of years, or at least, you know, mostly recently it's indica and sativa. Um, and for the most part, sativas are hard to wash. And it's not because of anything other than the fact it's their their trichome structure. When you when you look at it underneath the microscope, you look at a trichome, you what you want to have is basically um, almost what looks like a dandelion or something where it's just a long stalk where there's a little pinch below it and then a giant bulbous head. Um, and that bulbous head is the water balloon or the grape, if you would, that has the juice inside that you want. Um, and so with sativas, a lot of the times they're just more stalks with heads on top that don't have that capitate um, not to get too fancy, but it's one of the terms that they use where it looks like it'll fall off um, head uh, stocks on, or heads on it. Um, so luckily, originally when we first started doing solventless, we just took our whole genetic library and washed it, and you know we kind of laughed at some some of the results because some of it was horrible. But then we found out a few of them were in ranges that were like acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we started seeing that with the breeders out there and with you know the kind of the movement and desire. Um, there was this huge movement towards solventless, you know, part of it through glass blowers, part of, it, part of it just through the natural, um, I feel like movement of people wanting what's viewed as a cleaner, um, and a more authentic high and extract a lot less, um, you know, contaminated in a way. Yeah. Um, but it, I think there was just this overall movement towards that. And because, you know, you've been able to have rosin that's just, it was, I think it was basically it's been said that rosin was discovered in January of 2015. Um, so it's not like it's been around that long. So we've yeah. been able to really do a lot with that. But, um, so now that we're finding out more and more about what washes and what does well in rosin, you're really looking for the, that certain style. Um, so now with breeders, you're finding more sativa style things that have that, you know, kind of limonene profile or the more, yeah. the more sativa style terpene profiles, um, that wash, but it's still just something that you have to try. And sometimes you have something that's really low, but you love the flavor. So you just, you talk to your garden and you figure out a way, you know, we've definitely had a handful of strands along years where it's like this terpene profile is too good to kill we just have to find a way and then the garden is either double stack you know like adding more plants to a room or you know vegging it a little bit longer finding different ways to make it work just because everybody loves that certain terp or that certain flavor profile that's fascinating yeah so, yeah i mean it's like a whole concert of like everybody working together essentially and so does this mean that you guys are like inspecting the flower as you're buying it or do you guys cultivate your own flower and you guys i mean still at some point you guys have to inspect it are you guys like looking at it before you're even running it through a machine of, and trying to get an idea of, you know, what the outcome is going to be? 
Oh, definitely. We've got a couple different processes that we can do, but we have, uh, I'd say, 95% of our material that we work with is from in-house grows, our our in-house grow in our facility um, that's run by our head grower with our harvest team that we have. Um, We don't outsource for that because that allows us to give transparency. It allows us to get everything that we need. And when the harvest team goes in there, they say, you know, these plants look like they got underwatered or they had an issue with AC in this room or like whatever happens, we can kind of get that feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the most part, it's just figuring out what strains work really well and then getting those dialed in and just lining those up and not getting too repetitive and make sure that if you find a mix that's really flavorful, that you plant those kind of strains together so that you make sure you have it or if there's any any projects going on or anything that you want to do, or if there's a phenol hunt that you kind of plan around that to make sure that you're still able to kind of meet all your needs of a very broad product line. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into this. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of like R and Ding, uh, you guys just released a new edible and this is your first edible line. So tell us kind of how that came to bow and then a little bit more about what the product actually is. Definitely. Yeah. It's something that we've, we've been wanting to come out with an edible for a long time. Um, we've been playing around with that and R and Ding it, honestly. Um, we had a recipe kind of dialed in for what we wanted to do. We wanted to bring um, a pectin-based, uh, like very minimal ingredient, high quality, um, and no synthetics, uh, really stuff that you want to eat, stuff that you want to put in your body and something that isn't just like, you know, a, a candy that you just get off a store in a, a regular grocery store. This is something that you seek out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we worked with some really high quality chefs and we, we designed this edible and we kind of worked with a couple different technologies that were out there and there's predominantly one technology, one style of technology out there that's a food-based technology uh, or techni- uh, food-based method, I should say, um, that basically allows you to, you know, have fast acting and all these other different things. And while it was fun to do that, we started asking questions about, you know, like if, if you're tr- going super small and you're sneaking past your defenses or like whatever you're doing, like we just wanted to look at all options. And um, luckily enough, because we've always produced a high quality product and we've always wanted to put our best foot forward. We had day three labs reach out to us and they have this really cool technology that allows us to put our rosin into an edible that allows it to be something that's totally different. Um, and it took a long R and D process because the machinery that they use is all pharmaceutical grade, very high end, um, high tech stuff. We've got scientists in there that are doing, you know, lab work that I had no idea what, you know, now I have not, now I know what's going on because they've explained it to me, but like walking back there, I'm just like, okay, this is a totally different type of lab. Like I feel like I'm back in college to a degree or in a chemistry lab or a biology lab. Yeah. Um, so it was really cool to see that. And the, the technology that they've been able to come out with is they, they're a Denver based company, but they have a pharmaceutical lab in Israel. And in Israel, what's really cool is that the way they look at cannabis is that they don't look at cannabis as a way to get high. Um, it's, it's a way to medicate. So there, everything's medicinal and, and everything's uh, prescribed strain specific because they see that certain strains affect people certain ways. And sometimes that's beneficial and sometimes that's negative, uh, you know, not. So with that, when they're trying to deliver it to a person that has lung issues or that can't smoke, they realize every way that you kind of put it into an edible form it took what was this great Delta nine strain specific with all these terpenes and minor cannabinoids. When you put it into an edible, your liver basically destroys it. Um, it just, it, it, you know, it removes your, between your stomach and your liver. It pretty much from what I understand, it removes uh, the terpenes and the minor cannabinoids. Um, and the THC gets processed or any of the minor cannabinoids get processed into different versions of it. So like the Delta nine THC turns into 11 hydroxy, which is why when you normally smoke a joint or take a dab or anything like that, you can have these different effects. But when you're edible, it's pretty unique, like pretty 
standard effect that you're going to get where in about half an hour or, you know, an hour to two hours, you start getting really sleepy, you get lethargic, you just want to, you know, munch on stuff and sit on the couch for most of the day. Yeah. Um, that's not what they want for these patients, especially when they're kids or they're elderly or anybody that needs this strain specific, whether it be sativa for the glaucoma or like, you know, for the Parkinson's or the different medical needs that they found or that they've seen for this, um, is that they've been able to find that with protein, um, protein is able to bypass your first pass in your liver. Um, so that it still delivers everything that you need. And they have a patented technology that takes our rosin and is able to kind of, if you look at a protein molecule underneath a microscope, it's got nooks. It looks like a raisin kind of guys, like a bunch of nooks and crannies. And so what their technology is able to do is tuck THC, minor cannabinoids and terpenes kind of into those nooks and crannies. Um, so that when you do eat the edible, Instead of it going to a fat storage site in your liver, which is going to take upwards of two hours and go through all these processes, it your body knows what to do with protein. Um, a lot of people that are, you know, like pro athletes and stuff like that will use whey protein at certain times of the day because it's fast onset. They use other proteins after a workout to need a longer onset. So it's something that's been very well seen in the in, in medicine. Um, so they took a whey a whey based protein or a whey uh, an all organic whey protein and. With their technology, they put um, our rosin inside of it. And it's the rosin that we put out in grams. It's the same stuff that we smoke and we enjoy. We put the batch number on it. So certain batches you can trace back. Um, so you can kind of see that this is the gram that went into this batch of edibles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still using, like I said, it's like, I think, seven or eight ingredients that all of them you understand. And your little cousin or your little brother or your kids can understand. Like, it's not, they're not scientific words. It's yeah. citric acid and apple juice and mm-hmm. things like that. We really wanted to make sure of that. So... With this, we're able to see strains are somewhat of a strain-specific onset, as well as like a much different effect. Um, I've kind of likened this to like Dayquil and Nyquil. If you, if you eat an edible, it's usually like kind of a Nyquil, kind of lethargic, end of the day feeling. This is something that um, you can eat in the middle of the day, and it's it's like more inconspicuous than hitting your vape pen. Um, so it's it's really fun, and it's we've seen that it makes you know depending on how you feel, it works on, on your metabolism. It will kind of change the onset of it. We're definitely seeing like a fast, a little bit of a, a quicker onset and a little bit of a quicker offset. So it's also been nice for like eating at the end at the end of the day when you want to fall asleep. If you've ever eaten too many edibles before you fall fall to uh, fall, you know, go to bed. The next day you're like don't want to get out of bed and you just don't want to move. Yeah. Uh, this kind of helps not have that happen. It's much more manageable um, from what we've seen for all intents and purposes because this is something that where the you know everybody that tries them is part of the first people in the world that have been able to try this technology because we are the first people to release it in this market. So it's been really cool to do that and see the responses and how it's been different is the main thing is like, don't go into this thinking it's inedible because a lot of people, you know, they get scared of edibles. They've heard the horror stories where people eat too much or they just, they've done it before themselves or they've overconsumed, And, you know, it's just not a fun feeling. Um, so with this, it seems like it's much more manageable and, and we've been kind of trying to get that out into everybody's hands to really be able to get to try them and, and see what the feedback is. Yeah. Wow. I think it's I think it's really cool that you guys have even, you know, you started off this whole thing talking about how, you know, like a typical edible just kind of stripped down in your liver and then even beyond that, especially if somebody's using just like a distillate or something. I mean, I I, I used to we used to argue about this like 5 years ago of like people selling um, you know, strain specific edibles but then they'd be using a distillate and I'm like how could it possibly be strain specific when you've like you've stripped everything but the THC and it made no sense to me and so now I'm seeing this and I'm like now we can cut through the bullshit and be like now you do have a you know a very much a strain specific edible because like you're saying you guys are like capturing the essence through the rosin through the solventless process and then now you're putting it into an edible in a form that can be consumed I think that like is revolutionary honestly 
Uh, and then now you're saying like, we could, uh, we can get these different effects. That's how I am. Like I, Lucy's always like, let's take an edible. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if I want to be sleepy at like six o'clock, you know, I'll wait till like eight thirty nine or something like that and take it. Cause I know it's going to make me sleepy, but I think this is like a whole new way to experience edibles. If you could, you know, wake up and, and go on a hike at 10 and take an edible versus having to like smoke something. And, and it offers like consumers a whole new way to consume. I think, I think that's really fascinating, especially the whole solventless route too. Cause I look at solventless route as like a whole new way to consume and, and experience the plant and like in its wholeness. And then now you guys are taking this into edibles. I think that is just like a pretty fascinating merger. Yeah, no, honestly, it was really cool because um, I was in Vegas last year at MJ BizCon and there was a lot of these emulsion technologies out there kind of doing their spiels. And when I talked to them, I'm like, have you guys ever done this with solventless? I thought about it. And they're like, why would you do that? And like, they were kind of like perplexed. Like, yeah, you could, we'd have to do some math on it. But, and that was what was nice when day three labs reached out to us. Like, that's why they reached yeah. out to us. So like, we want to put your rosin in there. We're like, perfect. That's what we want to do. We don't want to put distillate in there. You know, we, we, we've worked with distillate in the past, but right now we're, you know, we're, our flagship product is our library, is our rosin. And we're really mm-hmm. focusing on that. So, you know, I'm sure at first when people put Wagyu in a burger, they're like, why would you do that? And like now it's on every menu in every yeah. restaurant, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we're just like, you know, sometimes asking why is needed, but if it's just like, well, just why are you putting something that's so good in that? Like, well, why wouldn't you? Like, why wouldn't you want to put something that's really good in there? It's the same thing when we kind of looked at the edible, like, why wouldn't you want to put natural coloring? Like our colors we source from a, a, an organic carrot farm i want to say in the netherlands where they extract all the different colors from carrots and they're able to get that in an all natural form and you know our fruits are our fruits are all natural fruit purees that we bring in um so we're really making sure that we're putting you know the best foot forward and the best ingredients in it because we we want to be able to enjoy this you know we're trying to not put a bunch of sugar in it we're trying to make this you know more friendly edible for everybody because when you, when you look at it, you know, like you guys said, it's concentrates are they're intimidating and it, it takes a lot, whether you're going to have a torch or you're going to go get a, a, you know, a Puffco or something like that. Like it takes an investment. Um, and even with the joint, you still got to go get a lighter where you could just go buy edibles. And if we can kind of make it that much more approachable for more people to kind of try out something and then yeah. also start with the best foot forward with putting rosin in it. I don't see why not. Yeah. Well, and rosin gummies are becoming more popular, right? Like couple years ago, they weren't even a thing. And now, you know, more people are starting to ask for them and, you know, the market is responding. So I love that. And then I also love that it's all natural. I like that you guys aren't using gelatin. So they are, you know, vegan friendly and things like that. So that's really cool. Um, Let's go back just a little bit. You were talking about how this three days labs, like they were doing all this research in Israel for like medicinal patients. So what is the high specifically like because of that? Is it more just like chill and controlled or like what type of high are you going to experience from this edible with this technology? Um, I can only speak for myself, um, but what I've noticed is after, from when I've had it most of the time and I'm paying attention to so like 10 to 15 minutes, I'm kind of feeling it behind my eyes mm-hmm. and it just, it feels much more relaxing um, and not in a lethargic, tired way. It just makes, it's just all of a sudden like, oh, wow, I'm kind of high. Don't feel the need to smoke. And I've gone through my day and realized like it's been an hour or two and I'm like, I haven't had the desire to even huh. like take a break or just like, I'm, I'm comfortable. I mm-hmm. feel good. If anything, I want to eat another one because they taste delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we, we have, yeah, we have unmedicated versions around the office and it's been funny watching people just, <laughs> uh, you know, gorge on them because yeah. they're unmedicated. But um, no, it's, it's been different. We've had certain people just, and then anecdotally from other people, we've had certain strains that kind of gave like, more of a focused effect and like an uplifting effect, which is very strange when you think of edibles. 
Yeah. Um, we're trying to find that terpene profile again so that we can recreate it. Because if we could find that, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, we found certain ones that have really helped with uh, pain and cramps and like different things like that, which has been nice. Um, sleep has been something that we've seen, but it's not where it helps. It's not like, like I said, it's not a super heavy. It's more so it helps you fall asleep and then you're naturally in a better place, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not using melatonin. You're not using mm-hmm. all these other things that other edible companies are using to give you that sleep style. It's just naturally what's in the plants with the terpenes. Um, we had somebody take one before uh, a nervous, like an anxious situation. They realized like halfway through the event, they're like, I'm not that nerd. Like I'd be fidgeting right now. or I'd be like kind of freaking out. And I'm just like going with the flow. They were not <laughs> expecting that at all. Mm-hmm. So it's, and I think that's even the thing is like, since it's, you don't know what to expect. It's just been like kind of looking off into the corner and be like, am I feeling it? Am I not? You know? And then all of a sudden, like we've had other people where they're like, yeah, I got home and I, I just got really hungry and just, it felt like an edible effect. <laughs> I didn't fall. I didn't just, you know, get couch locked on it. I just wanted to go out and take the dogs for a walk or, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it's been really kind of fun because like I said, this is the first company that's been able to like to figure out this technology. And so anybody that's gotten to try these so far, are the first people in the world in reality that have tried them. So there isn't like, you know, you can't talk to your dad or your uncle or your aunt or something like that about how it was smoking weed back in the sixties or seventies. It's just like, Oh yeah, you ate edibles. You're like, yeah, you made brownies back then. Yeah, but yeah. This is something that's totally different. Yeah. Um, and that's been, what's really fun too. Like kind of seeing people like really open up to that. And like, Oh wow, this is something different. Yeah. No. And that's what I've been loving about like the innovation of product in general, like lately, you know, Jared and I have tried some different edibles over the last year. And like you said, every experience is different and it's different for every person. So that's why, you know, it's fun to try different brands and see these different types of technologies. So that's super cool. I love that. Um, It's funny, Jared and I, we actually talked to a bud tender at Native Roots, I think. And we asked Mm -hmm. her because they were selling them. We're like, oh, we're going to have Oleo on. Like, what did you what did you think? And she was like, oh, it was such a heavy hitter like I got really high like this isn't for the novice person and we were like oh really okay but she so, did like, a great job yeah, like, explaining why it was like fascinating and like we were so sold on him because yeah. she explained perfectly about the protein and how it's like digesting and like your your body and how your body's uptaking it and storing it and I don't know I just I was like really impressed that like you guys had just launched these and, and I think the gal just said she came out of training mm-hmm. for it and like she knew it and like she was down with it and Clearly, she was like an experienced cannabis consumer, too. And so she was just excited. And so I think that's what I think that's what we like to see is just like the the merger of all these different pieces to create a better experience for consumers. And and I was going to note that like edibles are a pretty, a pretty awesome tool to use for cannabis consumption. Like we regularly use edibles. I that was like one of my first things I started using when I was you know, starting to consume cannabis was edibles to help me sleep honestly. And, and, uh, I've always, you know, thought that edibles are like a great tool to have in your toolbox. If you're even just first time to consume cannabis, like they're not as scary as people think. And especially nowadays when they're dosed and there's warnings, you know, out the yin yang of like how to consume these things, I think people can properly consume it. But what they're missing is that connection to like the pure plant, because a lot of the edibles of the past have been so far removed from, the, the, like the, the real essence of the plant that they're not like, I don't think people have that connection to like, like it's not the same as like smoking a joint or taking a dab, you know, and now people can have that experience. I think that is what I love about the solventless innovation with edibles. And then you guys are taking it a step further 
of like solving this problem of like the, you know, the metabolism of like THC in your liver and your, in your stomach and everything else that goes on. Like you guys are now like, okay, let's get past this thing of like, clearly we can consume an edible. Clearly we can put, you know, rosin and solventless in an edible and we've challenged, you know, we've knocked that challenge out of the park. Now you guys are like, how can we create the best experience for consumers to get the most out of it? And, and you guys, you guys have done it. I think that's really incredible and done it right here in our backyard in Colorado and pretty much proven to the naysayers that, you know, Colorado's over the hill. Like we're still, we're still throwing it down in Colorado and creating new stuff and, and really trying to shake up the market. So I think it's really fascinating. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. No, it's definitely something that, you know, we focus on here. We've got branches in Massachusetts and New Mexico, but we focus here first um, to make sure our quality, you know, we, we prove what we, you know, we have cases or we, we're able to prove what we want to do, kind of put it through the R and D process. We've got the grow team in place. We've got the harvest team in place. We've got our solvable team and our rosin team packaging. Like everybody's pretty dialed in and we really have a focus on, you know, quality. We've got passionate people at each position. Um, everybody really loves working at, you know, with the plant for the most part. I can't think of anybody that doesn't, um, cause otherwise you wouldn't work in cannabis really. Um, but it's been really fun to kind of work with the team and grow it and kind of expand that team and, and see who's been able to kind of really do a good job and, help us with this product because it's been a huge lift. I mean, we bought this lab thinking that this was a product we were going to do in day three labs, um, you know, said that we want to launch with you guys and we need you to kind of hit the ground running. And I think everybody's been very happy and surprised with how quickly we've been able to get this together and get a product released at such a high quality um, without really cutting any corners and making mm-hmm. sure that we put our best foot forward in something that's a, it's a very, uh, you know, it's a big market that a lot of people are in in gummies, um, but we wanted to start there and, kind of show off what we can do and something that's very familiar to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's great. I mean, I think you guys are going to do a great job in this market. So kudos to you. And I was just thinking, how cool is it for you to watch this whole thing evolve? You know, <laughs> yeah, right. you've been part of it since 2016. And like you said, a lot of the employees started from the ground up and now they're in greater positions too. So it's true. So we had a homegrown series like last season. It was called Homegrown Series Made in Colorado. And like Oleo fits the bill perfect. Like you guys are homegrown and you mm-hmm. made here in Colorado. And like Jared said, like, look at the innovation that's still happening here in in the market. So that's very cool. Uh, For our consumers, where can they find, you know, these Oleo edibles? Um, Right now they are in native roots locations as well as three other locations. Um, Can't remember the other three off the top of my head, but there's, I believe it's, I don't want to speak and be off, but um, if you go to our website, um, everything will be on there. Our drop list to get updated every Wednesday or Thursday, depending on how, when the orders are going out. Um, you can find everything there. They should be available statewide uh, by the end of August. Um, just ramping up production and kind of getting everything going. We've got new molds on, or more molds on order um, and just kind of figuring out how big this is going to be. And it's <laughs> definitely uh, uncharted waters, but it's fun because it's just it's familiar ground at the same time because we're always trying to come up with new stuff and kind of push our boundaries. So, yeah, we're, we should be, like I said, available in, all across the state by uh, the end of August. Cool. That is so cool. I think what you guys have done is really incredible, Steve, and, and especially, you know, hearing your story and kind of your passion for it. And then also just the connection you guys have with the culture. I think that's the biggest piece to me that, that kind of gets lost in a lot of these uh, companies that kind of, you know, go forward. And I think that's the piece that, that really 
is it much necessary in this? Because look at this, you know, you guys are creating products that consumers want and creating products that, you know, the culture essentially is helping to kind of shift people towards the create. So I love that you guys are you're part of that culture. You guys have your ear to the ground and you guys are doing this for the people. I think that is like the most fascinating thing. So, so thank you again, Steve, for, for being a part of this industry in Colorado and, and then sharing your story and this new product with us. No, definitely. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. You said a lot of kind words and uh, looking forward to kind of taking this edible, uh, you know, getting it really big and seeing how everybody, uh, see if everybody enjoys it as much as we do. Yeah, I think they will. And we're excited to try it too. We'll have to head back over to Native Roots and get ourselves <laughs> yeah, really. I'm stoked. All right, Steve. Well, yeah, we, definitely. We do have one final question for you. So we are the Lit and Lucid podcast. Are you lit or are you lucid? Uh, depends on the time of the day, but probably more lit. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I love it. Well, if you want to get lit, definitely go get some oleo gummies and, and get on with your night and have some fun. They sound pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys. Well, with that, I'm lit. I'm lucid. And that's it. Laters. This episode of the Lit and Lucid podcast is brought to you by Yoohoo Digital. Yoohoo Digital is a full-service digital marketing agency specializing in website design, SEO, and social media management for cannabis and hemp businesses. Learn more at www.yoohoodigital.com.